How's your morning going so far? How many of you guys are having a good morning? All right. Wow. I won't even ask if you're having a bad one because you'd feel like you're left out. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm having a good morning too, but isn't it crazy? Like uh, some mornings though, it was just nuts. It was just going fast and it was furious. I don't know if you had a morning like that. So I just, I just went upstairs right about five, 10 minutes before the service and just went and sat and just tried to pray just to chill, you know, and get kind of centered in for, for our time here together. And it was so great. I closed my eyes and I was just, I was just starting to think about and pray and just ask God, I know your mercies are new every morning. And this is no lie. As soon as I said that, the clouds broke and the sun came out and just shined on me. I'm like, sweet. It was, I mean, seriously, it was just like, this was, it was awesome. And then I came down here and I'm sitting here ready to go. And I realized I left my notes up there. So then I had to run and just go nuts and grab my notes and come down here. And life is just, it's just, it's just nuts. We're, we're screwed up. Everything's screwed up. And we, we just want to try to chill and relax. And yet this life doesn't let us do that. It's a little bit what we want to talk about today. Um, is the fact that the life we live in, the world we live in, is actually not a very secure place. It really isn't. And yet, we're longing for it, and we need it. So let's just see, real quick, let's throw this poll up here and see how you, how you guys answered this, if we're good with that. Um, here we go. All right. Aw, isn't that sweet? You guys are all sitting next to each other, so... I was, <laughs> I was looking back at Susie saying, yeah, I know what your answer better be. Um, but that's cool. I, that's cool. Some of us want to be financially flurry and, f- and f- physically healthy, uh, but we definitely want to be married to our spouse. Um, I, I, I thought that's probably what would happen. But you know, uh, you guys, but all of those are things that matter to us. And one of the things we realize is none of those things actually are, are really secure. But I was thinking about what kind of life... We live, and all of us kind of do this in different areas, when we actually do feel secure. It's pretty crazy what we'll do, okay? I, I shared this at Crash Course just a little bit ago, but again, how many of you love roller coasters in here? Okay, do you realize how insane that is? <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you stand, when you stand on the ground and you see the highest, craziest, fastest roller coaster, and here's what's wild is, you know you're going to drop almost straight down hundreds of feet going 85 miles an hour. You're going to flip upside down and you're going to go around in circles like this and you want to. (laughs) Now, the only reason you stand there and you want to is because you know what? Yeah, you know you're okay. You know that you're going you're gonna to put this, or there they are, they're going to put this harness over you, they're going to tighten a, a, a seatbelt, and because of that, you're willing to go really fast, upside, especially the stand-up one, you're willing to go like this from 100 feet in the air and go straight down, but only because you know you're secure. My wife, when I met her, she was a rock climber. How many rock climbers we got in here? Okay, wow, not as many as I thought. I thought this was Utah. Uh, but because uh, I, I mean, I can't climb a ladder, okay? So this is like pretty wild, uh, marrying my wife. And so they actually dragged me out with the kids this, this, uh, this uh, summer, and we actually climbed a rock. How many of you aren't rock climbers, but you've climbed? Okay, see, now, okay, you're like me. See, that's nuts to me. I mean, you're going to go up there, and you're going to hang with your fingers on tiny little crevices and on a solid walk, a rock and be, again, 30, 40 feet, whatever it is, up in the air. Why? Because you've got a harness. 
And you know, in fact, I, I remember the first time when I did a ropes course, I, somebody told me after, because it was horrible, I hated every minute of it, and somebody said, what you should have done is just got off the rope and just sat in the harness and found out that you weren't going to fall. See, because once you know that, then you can go for it. How many of you have ever skydived before? Okay, now that's nuts. And I did it, which is even more nuts. The guy who can't climb a ladder, but they challenged me back at our other church in Detroit. We were doing, I was doing a message on facing your fears, and my two brothers were there, and they, they helped plan the services, and they said, hey, Dave, since you're giving this message on facing your fears, why don't you jump out of a plane? And I remember what was nuts is Mariah was just a few months old. We had this brand new baby. I'm newly married. And the thought of risking my life was just stupid. And I did it. Why? Because I knew a guy who does this every day of his life was going to be latched onto my back. And so I would jump out of a plane at 10,000 feet. And I knew I was going to do that. And I went for it. See, you guys... There is a life that we can live if we know that we're secure. And when we don't know if we're secure, we will hold back, we will fret, we'll be afraid, we'll wake up with anxiety and with fear. And I just believe that God so longs for us to be able to go into this world and to live, like I said, on a roller coaster with your hands just raised up in the air because you know that he's got you close right here. Now, so the question is, can we be secure in this world when life is not? When life is not. And there are three things that hit me immediately in Lad down south. I mean, in this economy, you know, with our finances and our jobs, there's nothing more we want than job security, Right? I'd love some job security. I'd love to know I have a lot of money in retirement. I'd love to know that all my health insurance and life insurance is taken care of. I want to know that I'm secure financially. And then this economy hits us, and I know too many people who've been working in one place for over 20 years, and they've lost their job. Something you thought for sure would be there, and it's not there. This life isn't secure. And then we have our relationships. And there's some relationships, man, you just want them to be secure. And probably today, no, not probably, today somewhere, even in our midst probably, someone will pass away. And someone will die. Some will be unexpected. And, you'll, and it's not secure. Relationships between parents and kids and spouses are shaky. And they aren't secure. The things we want to know are good to go. And then I just, I feel like I, as I really sat through this, and I don't even, I, mean, I know I'm taking us down here for a second, but, um, and then I just, I, but I wanted to be really honest that in this room, I know that some of you are actually in abusive situations. Or you were when you were a kid. And that's supposed to be a safe place. It's supposed to be something that's secure. And it's just not. I mean, this, this world that we live in where we want to be in secure relationships doesn't offer us that. And then the last one that hit me was just our health, you know? I, I seriously, like Susan and I right now, we're working with some people just to say, we're, we're, this is crazy. God gave us actually healthy bodies, and what are we doing? <laughs> you know, what are we doing with these things that we have? Because you never know when your health is going to creep up on you. 
And, and, that, and what's been crazy, you guys, is I feel like this last year, I don't know about you, but I know people in all three of those categories all over the place. Do you? Everybody? Everybody. You know them. This world is not very secure. And yet, we're in it. And we don't have a say. You were born, and you were born into a very insecure place. In fact, you know what was interesting? We were praying before uh, with all the people who were going to put on the service today, all the production people and the musicians and the artists. So we'd around and we said, hey, are there any prayer requests? And it didn't hit me till after the prayer request went out. We hit all three of them just this morning, just from the people who are putting on the service for you this day. This week, Callie Beckman lost her mom. So a death happened. And then somebody else found out that they, had a, they have a tumor inside. And so there's health issues. And another guy's been looking for work and he can't find it wherever he's at. There's, it's, it's right in our midst, right here, right now. So, again, I think I got across the point. We live in a really shaky place. And yet, I think that God wants to tell us today that I can be with you. And if I'm with you, I can make you secure. And I think this is something that every one of us is going to need. And one of the things that hit me, I knew in a room this size, some of you right now are shaking. You wake up every day with anxiety and fear because your world's just shaking right now. Some of you are doing fine and everything's great. And my prayer for you is that you take what we hear today and just put it in your back pocket because you know that day's coming. We can't escape it as a human being, okay? So let me pray. I just want to pray right now. And if you are one who's being shaken right now, and you just need some steadiness, and you need a rock to stand on. Um, I'm going to just, while I'm praying, I just want to give you a shot to, again today to open up your heart to God and let him speak to you. And um, let's do that together. God, every time we, we start like this, I'm just, <clears throat> I'm always in awe, and I'm always so grateful for the fact that you know everybody who's here. And you, you know everything about everybody who's here. And, uh, and they matter to you. You know about the lack of work. You know about the dwindling finances. You know every person who's sick. You know everybody who's in relational strife of some sort. God, you know everybody who's waking up every morning without the peace and the strength, and the hope to face the day. So Lord, I just want to ask today that you might, um, would you just love us today? Well, you do, because you do. So I guess what I really need to pray is that somehow you'd give us the power to grasp how much you love us today. That's a better prayer. Give us the power to grasp how much you love us today. And I pray that you would strengthen us with that power in our inner being. And give us peace and hope. And Lord, I just, I just pray too, because I know we're going um, to need your help today to actually be able to grasp this stuff. So I really want to pray, God, that people wouldn't just, we wouldn't just hear from you, but somehow the words would actually penetrate into our heart, into our mind. They'd transform and renew our mind so we could know what is true. And I, I really ask for that, God, today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, if you guys don't know this, um, when life is really, really hard, 
and when it seems like it's all falling apart around you, there is a place that you can go in this Bible. Um, the book of Psalms, okay, are like, they're songs. They, they were uh, poetry, but they were really written as praises to God. And, but one of the things that's interesting is we say praises to God normally, but actually when you read the Psalms, you're going to find out that most of them actually are crying out to God. <laughs> and they're saying things like, where are you? <laughs> And how long are you going to hide your face from me? And how long do I have to suffer? And what I love about the Psalms is they're so gut level honest. You know, which is one of the things that we try to do here at K2. Because so many times we can just candy coat this thing and say, well, if you have Jesus in your life, you shouldn't have any problems. You know, anybody know that's a bunch of crock? Is that an okay word to say? It's just not true. That in this world, Jesus, you're going to have lots of trouble, actually. And so, man, if you're, if you're just going, I don't know, how do I engage with God when I feel like he's not even there, when he doesn't care about me, when he's not listening to me? Well, you're in really good company because the people who wrote the Bible felt the same way. And, but what's amazing is when you read these, you'll find out that God is, they, they know how to be honest with God. But one of the other things they do, so they're very truthful about how they're feeling in the moment. And then at the same time, they always state what is true about God. And I'm telling you, when the truth about who God is can actually touch the truth about how you're feeling and what you're thinking, man, life change can start to happen. Now, David uh, wrote a lot of these Psalms, and uh, we're going to look at one of them that he wrote today. We're going to look at Psalm 16 today as a way that maybe help us to figure out how do I find security in the midst of a world that's so shaking. And one of the things we need to understand is it's really, David's a great guy to look at. Uh, actually, I think uh, uh, Christian touched on David last week. If you guys were here last week, you remember that he was the little runt of the family, right? And, he, and so we were talking about attractiveness last week and the fact that uh, the prophet kept looking at all of his older brothers, and then, it, but it was the little guy at the end who actually, Jesus, that God wanted to use, and he was actually anointed to be the king of Israel, which is amazing. I mean, that would be somebody, you know, I don't know how old he was, but you're a young teenager, and someone says, hey, literally, just want to let you know, I'm a prophet from God. You are going to be the president of the United States. I mean, that would be a bizarre thing, you know, to know, and David knew that, but what was crazy is as soon as he started coming into that royal world, King Saul, who was Saul, who was the king at that time, started getting jealous of David. And David spent years running from Saul to try to save his life because Saul was trying to take him down. Now, to understand what that would be like, that would be like you having Barack Obama and the Green Beret after you. <laughs> okay? Seriously, the president of the United States with the best forces saying, I'm taking you down. <laughs> now, how many of you would wake up a little anxious? I mean, you would have unbelievable fear and wonder, and you would just think there's no way. You want to talk about insecurity? David had an amazing opportunity to feel insecure and to fear for his life. And so this Psalm 16 is a psalm everywhere I read that most people are saying this is one that he would have written while he was going through this experience. So let's read this together. Psalm 16. Of, of, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation today. If you have your NIVs, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to Psalm 16. Here's David's psalm. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, and by the way, right there, it actually would be Yahweh, okay? So I don't know if you guys, if you understand the Old Testament, the Jewish name for, for God was Yahweh. They couldn't even say it, actually, because it was so cool. And so, but it's right there. So I said to Yahweh, you are my master, or you are my Lord. Yahweh? Yahweh, you're my Lord. 
You're my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. Now, please remember this, you guys. When David is feeling this, he's probably hiding in a stone-cold cave knowing that hundreds of the best soldiers around are coming after his life. (laughs) And he's writing this. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in this land, they're my true heroes, and I take pleasure in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will take no part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me, and I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and I rejoice. Isn't that amazing? I mean, sir, I, 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 this guy, you ever, you ever just want to get encouraged about what can happen if you really know God? Read the story of David in his life. The guy blows me away. I'm glad I'm called, my name's David. Because sometimes I just read that and I go, Ooh, I want that. I want to be a man after God's own heart. I love this. No wonder my heart's glad and I rejoice when I'm sitting in a cave and everybody wants to kill me. <laughs> my body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So you guys, there's a couple things that I feel like that we can learn here that can help us if you're feeling a little bit insecure right now in your own life. Look at verse 2. And by the way, I totally forgot to tell you this, Sturge, but I'm just going to be popping all over the place. So if you want to just throw up the verses whenever I get to them. But verse 2 and verse 4, he says, I said to the Lord, I said to Yahweh, you are my master. You are my Lord. And every good thing I have comes from you. And then in verse 4, he says, troubles multiply for those that chase after other gods. Now, when I, when I think about that, you guys, one of the, I, I read this book called The Reason for God, and I know we had it out in the lobby even uh, by Tim Keller. And one of the things he, he, he mentioned in that book is he said, um, if you remember, and if you've never read it, the very first commandment that God gives us, the very first commandment that he gives us is what? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. And what's so interesting, some people look at that and go, man, God is so egomaniac. He's just all about himself. And he wants all of us to bow down to him. And he, he's, you know, he's just, what's crazy is, is we think that he's all selfish somehow. When in reality, what God is saying is, I want you to have no other gods before me because I'm the only one. I really am. And so as soon as you get other gods and you put your trust in them and you put your hope in them, and you try to find your security in them, and you look for your significance in them, guess what? All those other things at some point are going to let you down. (laughs) And so if you make them before me, if you say, my whole value relies in this relationship, oh my gosh, if this guy ever breaks up with me, I don't know what I'll do. Has that ever happened before? And yet we will make relationships gods to us. They will be the thing that drives every decision we make. We'll find our very security in that. We'll find our significance in that. And God is saying, don't, no, 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 don't do that. Now, I created you for relationships, so that's good. 
I want that. In fact, what did he say? Every good thing I have comes from you. See, relationships are good things. God is the one who created the whole idea of working. He wants you to work. Work is a good thing. Finances are not evil in of themselves. The love of them causes a lot of problems, <laughs> right? The love of them, putting money at the top before God, saying that job, that position, if I have that, then I'm secure, then I'm significant. You guys, for those of you who now have lost that, you now know why not to make your job a God, <laughs> Why not to make money a God? Something to go after for your own security and for your own significance and to put your trust in that. And even our health, all this stuff, you guys, we have to be so careful. And so God is saying, put no other gods before me. And I love what David says, troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. (laughs) See, so as soon as we put any person at the center of our life and say, you, you, See, and I've said this a million times, but again, Susie is an awesome wife and a horrible God. Do you guys understand that? She is an awesome wife. She would make a lousy God. And you cannot put on any person what God alone can do for you. And so if you do that, and I know sometimes when people do that, you're entering into a relationship and you're expecting that person to bring you security and bring your significance and treat you great. Are you kidding me? Good luck on that one. I mean, when I do premarital, I can sniff it out in a second. When I can, I'm serious, I can tell in a second, like, oh man, this person is way too high on a pedestal for you. And you need Jesus. See, because when Jesus makes you secure, then you can actually love you can love, and you don't need the other person to give that back. I mean, we, we do in, in an intimate relationship, obviously. But, but, but it's critical, you guys, that we understand that every good thing, work, relationships, health, they're all good, but when they're lost, if it's a grief, they don't make a good God because they always will somehow let us down at some point in our life. So David understood this. So he said, you know what, Yahweh? You know what, Yahweh? I'm going to let you be my Lord. I'm going to let you be my master. I'm going to let you be the one that I find my significance in, that I trust entirely with my life, with my future, with my past. I'm going to live for you, and I'm not going to live for anything else. And that's why he was called the man after God's own heart. So again, if we look in verse 8, He says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. Why? Because he is right beside me. (laughs) See, can can I just, see, we're going to get to this in a second, big time. It's going to be the crux of the whole message, but I want you to think about that before, as we go through everything else. Do you know, and even more important, because you can know something here in your head, but do you know that God, the one who's over everything, is right beside you. Do you know that? When your boss told you you don't have a job anymore and you had to drive home, did you know he was right beside you? When you sat in the doctor's office and they gave you the news, did you know that he was right beside you? See, somehow David says this. He goes, he's right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice and my body rests in safety. I mean, look at this stuff. David says, I will not be shaken. (laughs) 
That's just crazy to me. Have you ever been shaken? I mean, I, I, I get shaken all the time. It's, it's, it's crazy to me, you guys. You know what, what happens, again, is you go through life and stuff hits you out of nowhere. Like I remember, I don't know, our second year here and we live right off here. You have to, on 80 and you get off the 13th East exit. You know, I've done it a hundred times, hundreds of times, and I'm sitting there at the light and all of a sudden it turns green and I pull out and some dude was going 30 or 40 and didn't stop and broadside me. You ever have a day like that? You know, everything's cool. It's a nice sunny day. It was my daughter's birthday. We were having her birthday party that day. And then out of left field, wham, it just hits you. And he's not shaken. And then he says, my heart is glad and it's actually rejoicing and his body is at rest. Can I, I just want to, I, I, I do, I, I sat with this this week. And as I did, the, I'll be honest with you, the more I sat with this, the more I realized, oh my goodness, God, you are going to have to so penetrate into somebody's heart and soul here. Because I know for me, when I've gone through things in my life, and I'm not talking just about little side, you know, I'm fine, car was total, I was fine, so it's no big deal. But I'm talking about when something that you thought was secure, all of a sudden isn't. What I have found personally is that when I go to respond to that, it's like there's a muscle that I didn't even know I had. And then you try to use it and you go, I've never used it before and it doesn't work. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like in other words, you're going through life and all of a sudden, okay, this horrible thing just happened. I need strength. And you go, oh my gosh, I have none. (laughs) You ever been there? I have none. See, that's where all of a sudden we go, well, where do I find that? And David says, I got it. I'm not shaking. My heart's glad and I'm rejoicing. How? How? How can you go through? Can we? How can you go through? Can we go through anything on this planet and actually not be shaken? Because if we can, I want that. Because you know one thing I do know is I have no idea what's going to happen today. I have no idea what's around the corner tomorrow. But there's one thing I got to know. And there's one thing I actually do know, that in my life too, there was a point, just like David, where I said, Yahweh, you're my Lord. Yahweh, you're my God. You're my master. And what does he say? Jesus and and, and David, I'm sorry, David says, keep me safe, O God, for I come to you for refuge. Where do you go for refuge? How many of you go to the refrigerator for refuge? Dude, I am like so refrigerator boy when I, when I need some help, you know? And, and some of you do just the opposite and you don't eat. And some of you go buy everything in the world. And some of you do, I mean, we got all these things we do for refuge. We go to the self-help section. You know, we, 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 we gather our friends around. But David said, here's the deal. You're my Lord. And so I'm going to you to find refuge. And then he says, again, every good thing comes from you. So he realizes when God is your master, because this is so hard for us because we don't live in this kind of understanding. But if you had a master, if you had a Lord, then basically when you woke up in the morning, the Lord is the one who did everything. He made sure that you had food to eat. He told you what you were going to do that day. You had totally surrendered and he supplied everything. And he just says, you provide everything good from you. And then he says, so I take no part in any other gods. He's really careful, David is, to have a heart after God. And then he says, you guide and you teach me. In verse seven, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. Okay, so if you're in the dark, 
If it's night, how many of you would like some instruction? How many of you would like some guidance? And how cool is it to know that if he's at your right hand, if he's right beside you, that in the deepest, darkest, most confusing times, God will lead and guide and instruct. And then the other thing that hits me in verse three, he says, the godly people in the land, they're my true heroes and I take pleasure in them. You know, we talk about life together here all the time. This is one thing I know, is to get through the really insecure, shaky times, God also gave us each other. He really did give us each other. And if you're alone, man, and tough stuff hits you, look out. Look out. God gave us each other. So I want to encourage you again, if you're a part of this church, get yourself knit together with somebody else because it'll help you through the storms of life. All right? Now here's the key. And I'm going to just end with this. End. It's going to be a little while, but I wanted to let you know, this is... I didn't say it was the last thing because then you're all like, good, he's almost done. Um, But this is the key, and I'm going to end with this because this is what we need to understand. And this is what even, um, I'm actually going to lead in worship today too. And this morning when we were going through the songs, man, I just sat there, I'm singing this music, and I'm just thinking, God, this is what I need to know. And God, this is what the people I know right now who are going through this need to know. And here it is. What David's really saying in Psalm 16 is the reason I'm not shaken and the reason I can rejoice and the reason my heart is glad and the reason my body actually rests securely is because you are with me. So you guys, that's why I like to say, I don't want to just tell you about God. I want to introduce you to him. I am so not interested in learning things just about God. I actually want to know him. Because if I just know, if I just read and intellectually understand, oh, God's with us when bad things happen, that doesn't help me. It doesn't help me. But when in my heart I know he's with me, everything changes. Everything changes. So let me just walk you through how he lets us know this. In verse 5, he says, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. And so one of the things we need to understand, because what's, what's, we read that and we don't even understand what in the world, so you're my inheritance, what's that mean? Well, what he's really saying to us, you guys, is every Israelite, if you, if you understand Israelite history at all, God was taking them and leading them to what? The promised land. They wandered around for 40 years. They were in slavery in Egypt, and then they wandered around in 40 years. In that day and age, man, you needed a land. If I don't have land, then I can't be a nation, and then I'll always live under somebody else, and I'll never be secure. So God finally says, you know what? I'm going to lead you in, and I'm going to give you the promised land, and it's going to flow with milk and honey. It's going to be awesome. And then once they got in there with 11 of the tribes, they all got divided up, and they had these boundary lines, and they put it all together, and somebody was in the tribe of Dan, and they just go, yes. I'm finally secure. I have a land and God gave me this land and I can do my farm and I can get my crops and I can put it in and make some money and I can grow my family. And Oh, they were finally secure. See, so here's David saying, guess what? Lord, you alone are my inheritance. Now, why did he say that? Because in 1 Samuel 26, 19, actually, this is right when he's hiding from King Saul and Saul finds him and David's way back in the cave. And Saul tells, and David says this to Saul. He goes, they have now driven me from my share in the Lord's inheritance 
and have said, go serve other gods. They've driven me from my share of the inheritance. They said, get out of here and go serve other gods. Well, how's David feel about serving other gods? Ain't gonna happen. And here he is, so every Israelite is safe, and now David doesn't have what is rightfully his. He lost it. And he's out wandering around. Okay, can you relate? Can you relate? What have you lost that was rightfully yours? Your job, your finances, a loved one, your health. See, what David could say, I was secure in, now he's saying, I don't have it anymore. And I love what he says. He is now enabled with the Levites who were the 12th tribe because they didn't get any land. They were the one tribe that didn't get any land. You know why? Because they got to serve God. And David could finally say, you know what, you know what, God, even though I've lost everything that I should have my security in and all my brothers and sisters do, finances, health, relationships, work, even though I've lost all that, he goes, you alone are my inheritance. He's sitting in the cave and he knows that God is with him. And because the God who's over everything, the God who he decided to make Lord, the God who he said, I'll do anything you want, the God who he entrusted his life to is in there with him right then. And so he can say, you know what? I'm good to go. I am good to go. And I'm telling you guys, this is what you and I are going to need when everything around us falls apart, is we've got to have the presence of the living God next to us. In verse 8, he says, I know the Lord is always with me. And then he says, as I've already read, he is right beside me. And then he's, in, in, in the NIV, it says, because he is at my right hand, because he's right there. And again, the right hand was always the one of power. It was the, 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 the hand of authority. It was the one that had the strength. And what he was saying is, you know who's at my right hand? My job. That's what's at my, my position. My wife. My health. My abilities. No, David's going, you know what's at my right hand? God. He's my strength. He's my hope. He's my stability. And then in verse 10, he says, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. What's he saying here? You know what David's saying? And he had to be thinking this. You know what, you know what, Yahweh? If Saul gets in here, takes my life, you know the cool thing is? Still, even then, you're not gonna leave me. <laughs> That's amazing to me. He goes, you're not gonna let me rot in the grave. And then, I'm gonna, and then he keeps going on in verse 11. You've shown me the path of life, granted me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. See, so you guys, one of the greatest things, Paul said it, if only in this world we have hope, we're supposed to be pitied more than all men. Because <laughs> we have another hope, that Jesus Christ, as a follower of Christ, he lives inside of you. And one of the things we know is that even in this world, if it finally ends, which we all know it's going to at some point, right? <laughs> that even then when it ends, it just begins. And we get to be with him forever and enjoy what? His presence. See, so this is the stuff, and it's so easy for me to teach this to you. It's so difficult for me as well to really live it when you get broadsided by this life. But I want to tell you, and I'm telling me as well, that when it happens, not if it happens, when it happens, 
we need to know that God is with us and his presence is right there. So, he says, Yahweh, you're my Lord. You're my Lord. So here's my question for you this morning. Have you ever said, God, you're my Lord. You're my Lord. I entrust you completely with my life. Have you ever said that? How do we do this, you guys? What does it mean to make Jesus Christ Lord or to receive him as Lord? One of the things you have to do is you need to acknowledge just who he is. This is one of the things that, that, that I'll just, I'm going to walk you through kind of how I try to deal with this stuff in my own life. The first thing you've got to believe is that he is who he says he is. And one of the things that I, I really believe with all my heart is that I only exist because he thought of me. Don't raise your hand on that, but do you, anybody else believe that? Do you believe that? See, I, I do. I really do believe. And I know that in our world, in our natural world, there's a struggle to believe that there's a creator who exists. But God has made it really clear through scripture. Listen, you know why you're here? Because I thought of you. See, I like that a whole lot better than I just grew out of something. You know, that, that I don't have value. I can know that David Michael Nelson exists because God thought of me. And then he says, and I know all the days I have written for you. I planned this out. You have a reason and a purpose for life. See, as soon as you know that God created you and he has a reason and a purpose for life, then when all the stuff around you starts to get wacky, you have something greater to stand on. And you can say, hey, wait a second. The world's shaking around me, but the God who created me is with me. See, you guys, this is a story of the Bible all over the place. What God was doing with David was just preparing him to be the king one day so that when David got into the really hard stuff, he would know even more so. Man, God protected me from Saul. He protected me in the cave. He's with me. The story of Joseph. Joseph's life kept falling apart. Every time he turned around, bad things would happen. And then he ends up in charge and he goes, well, you know what? God meant this for good. He knows what he's doing. He works in all things for good. Now, here's the other thing that I think is really uh, important. I just want to read this verse for you. It's in Colossians 1.16. It says, For by him, for by Christ, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. All things were created by him and for him. See, guys, when you make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, this is so, this is what I was, I was telling Susie, I was praying about this. I'm like, God, please help this to make sense. When you make Jesus Christ Lord, and when you receive him, Colossians 2 6, you actually receive him as Lord. What you receive him as is the one who you live for. See, what most of us, how we wake up every morning is we think that we really are, and we would never say this, but we wake up every morning and the center of our existence is us. What am I going to do today that's going to be best for me so that I can live the best life possible? And what Jesus Christ does when you enters into your life 
is it says he saves you. And you know what he saves you from? He saves you from that. He saves you from thinking that this world is here to serve you. And he saves you from this idea that what life is all about is for you to be happy. And what he saves you, and it says, because Christ died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him. Live for him. So what I did years ago is I finally came to this realization that life isn't about me. It's not about me. It really is about him. And he created me and brought me into this world to experience his love and his grace and his power and his intimacy that I could know God. And I'm telling you, once you say, you know what, God? I surrender and it's not about me anymore. And you let God be who he really is. All of a sudden, when stuff goes down and it looks bad, you have somebody that you can trust. And you have somebody who's doing something bigger than what you can see. Did you guys know that? One thing I've learned walking with him is he's always doing more than what I can see. So I see the circumstance and I freak out and God's doing something way bigger. And if I'll just hold on and let him hold on to me, I will see him produce something amazing. But you have to receive him as Lord. Colossians 2, 6, 7 says, just as you received him as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. You guys, when Jesus Christ is your Lord, then you can be rooted when the storm comes. You can be built up when the storm comes. You can know that he's with you and he'll never leave you and never forsake you when the storm comes. Because they're coming. So who do you take refuge in? Who do you run to? What do you look for? You can know that he's right there beside you. And I just want to tell you, I have been shaken where I haven't bought this. Uh, My head goes, I know he's with me, and my heart's just freaking out. And I have to fight. Like Jesus said, the work of God is to believe. (laughs) And sometimes the greatest work that we have is simply to believe what is true. And what is true is he's with us. When you receive Christ, he will never leave you. And even if that means we leave this place, all that means is we go home. And I can tell you this, I have gotten to places of peace that make no earthly sense. Have you ever found that? Philippians tells us that there's a peace that passes all understanding and it can guard your heart and it can guard your mind in Christ. And if you need that today, I just feel like what I want to ban, you guys can go ahead and come on out. If you need this today, I'm telling you the only way that I know and what the scripture seems to tell us, what David experienced was, I made Yahweh my Lord. I gave my life to him and now my life is in his hands. And I'm trusting God with my life. 
with my health, with my marriage, with my children, with this job, which can freak me out all the time. I trust him or I twerk to trust him. And when I know that God is with me, it's amazing how the peace will come to me. So as Patrick sings a song for us, you guys, I just want you to sit and then we're going to worship when he's done, but I just want you to sit with this and just meditate and think, have you ever made Jesus Christ, the Lord, the master of your life? Have you ever handed it over to him so you can finally take your hands off the wheel and rest in him secure? Because if you'll do it, I think he'll be there for you in this world that makes no sense. So let's just sit with this. Let's think about that. And let's let these words penetrate our heart.